All right, David, you ready? I'm ready, Ben. All right. Who got the truth? Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Who got the truth now? Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Sit me down. Say it straight. Another story on the way. Who got the truth? Welcome to episode three of Acquired. Uh, this is the one where we talk about Twitch. Today, we're going to try something a little bit different. Um, we've been listening to our uh, our listeners and um, getting a lot of feedback that not only do David and I agree too much, but we're doing softballs. And, um, you know, feedback is a gift, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we really like hearing from everyone. And, um, you know, while originally our goal was to set out and only review the super stellar, spectacular ones that only went super well um, and what we can learn from those, it's a little boring. Um, People are telling us they want some spice. Yeah, so um, we're going to do, uh, obviously, Twitch has uh, has been a little bit more recent. It's um, a, a 2014 acquisition, and uh, here recording in uh, November of 2015, and there's still a lot of open questions, and I think, um, you know, people are generally positive and optimistic, and there's a exploding market there, but um, a lot more to talk about. Whole lot to talk about. As always, thank you, everyone, for the reviews, for the feedback. You can check out our website at acquired.fm. We're on Twitter at acquired.fm. And please keep the feedback coming. For our sponsor this episode, we have ZoomInfo. ZoomInfo is an awesome business and product story that is totally in the acquired vein. Totally. This is an amazing under-the-radar entrepreneurial story. Henry Shuck, the CEO of ZoomInfo, actually founded a predecessor company back in 2007 called Discover Org from his law school apartment. They were dedicated to helping sales professionals find the right contacts at the right accounts so they could stop digging for prospects and focus on closing deals. And then in 2019, Discover Org actually acquired ZoomInfo, another big player in the business data space. Yes, they kept the ZoomInfo name And the combined company has grown way beyond just being a contact data solution. They've actually created this full-stack B2B revenue growth platform on top of it. It is super cool. ZoomInfo actually went public in 2020. They were the first real tech IPO after COVID hit, and they have continued to expand their product suite, and they've just done phenomenally well. It starts with the best business data in the world, whether that's company, contact, or intent data, and this data fuels ZoomInfo's actionable insights, engagement platform, automated workflow capabilities, and so much more. It is the single best way for B2B professionals to find their next customer or close their next deal, streamline their operations, and build the best team possible. And best of all, it is all in one place so your revenue teams can collaborate seamlessly and close deals faster. So if you're in B2B and you're wondering, how can we drive more revenue and who's not? How can we find, acquire, and grow accounts that are looking for our solution right now? How do we make our sales and marketing teams as productive as possible? How do we automate our go-to-market motions to both supercharge our growth and save money? ZoomInfo is simply amazing. They now handle the full revenue pipeline from marketing to sales, even ops, all based on the number one ranked business data. Yes, customers include enterprises like Snowflake, Workday, PayPal, Dropbox, Unilever, and thousands of startup and growth companies, 30,000 customers, and counting. And here's something really cool. ZoomInfo is making their go-to-market playbook available for anyone to try for free. You want to find out how you can use intent data to target key prospects or how to revive a stalled deal by expanding your buying committee outreach. 
head on over to acquire.fm slash zoominfo to see the zoominfo plays and just tell them that Ben and David at Acquired sent you. Yes, definitely. And our huge thank you to Zoom Info. So we're, uh, we're changing locations a little bit tonight. Um, we are in the, uh, the wonderful den of, uh, of David's home um, here on the creative and secure SSID of default two. <laughs> we're really creative in the Scholick Rosenthal household. Yes, yes. So thank you so much for your generous, generous hospitality, David and Jenny. Always happy to, Ben. And you listeners as well. <laughs> All right, let's get on with Let's it. jump into it. So right about, uh, what was this, 14 months ago, uh, there had been acquisition rumors swirling about a young three-year-old live streaming network uh, primarily used for streaming games called Twitch.tv. Which, which itself has has a, a crazy history. Crazy history. If you were watching either of the previous incarnations of this company, you you wouldn't have seen this end coming. And the incarnations being first Justin.tv, mm-hmm. which I believe was one of the first Y Combinator companies. Am, am I right there? Yeah, I don't know what batch. One of the one of the early ones. One of the, for it was sure. like 2007, I think. J- Justin TV is this incredible, um, you know, before smartphones, before a lot of the, or before smartphones got big anyway, um, kind of before GoPro and all that. Um, Justin Khan strapped a camera to himself and broadcast what he was doing all the time, 24 um, seven. Ended up going through Y Combinator with the kind of the yep. the crazy. It's concept. hard to overstate how crazy that <laughs> yeah, was yeah. in 2007. This is like. Either pre-iPhone or like right when the first iPhone came out. And the idea that you would stream your life 24-7 on the internet. Yeah, YouTube was already out there, but that was recorded video live. I mean, this was a crazy concept. Yeah. And ultimately, it didn't work. No. Even when they, they you know, they, they got a little bit, um, became a platform where anyone could stream anything live. There were competitors. There was Ustream. Um, what was the other big one? So. This was sort of an era where there were platforms coming up. This is classic build the platform before the use case, where there's platforms coming up for people to to stream whatever they wanted live. There was incredible amounts of piracy, a whole bunch of CD stuff, and there wasn't a clear winner yet for what the thing was that was going to win in live streaming and what the purpose of it was. Yep. So that was 2007. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple of years, total fail, didn't work. Uh, Instagram which we talked about on our last show, uh, had happened, uh, was not yet acquired by Facebook, but was a thing. And Justin TV is still kicking along. And what do they do? They work on a new pivot, spin off this company called Social Cam. Yeah. You remember Social Cam, Ben? Interesting. Yeah. And that was that was kind of funny because that was uh, actually I remember I think they launched at South by Southwest because I was down there and that was where I first saw a whole bunch of the the um, marketing for it. Now, that, you know, it's a super cool concept. I think that was in parallel. I think that Justin TV was still running at that time. And yeah, I think that might have been right. It's like some employees left Justin TV or maybe it was under the same uh, umbrella company. And um, I think it was and just we should, we should say, and Social Cam being this is one of those things that like as VCs, we often hate this for that companies, although sometimes they work. But in this case, Instagram for video, quote unquote, <laughs> not a thing, or at least not a thing at that point in time. 
Yeah, great, great idea though. I mean, I think that um, there's there's some there's a nugget there, and I, it was actually one of the most well designed kind of consumer apps that had launched around that era. Yep. I remember thinking that boy, there's a killer team behind this. Seems highly reputable. They're really touching on a very human nerve here, but much like Justin TV, never found wide consumer yep. adoption. Well, and it's interesting. It got wide adoption uh, with this was the era of the Facebook steroid era. <laughs> this is like the baseball steroid era of you know the 90s when before Facebook went public and anyone who could figure out how to leverage the Facebook graph and get adoption on on mobile apps and 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 websites. Oh, were uh, they one of those companies that they stole, were one the, of those stole com- the graph? They stole they- the graph. And so and so <laughs> crazy, you know, social cam spins out from justin.tv uh in 2011, ends up getting acquired less than a year later by Autodesk. Autodesk Ben <laughs> acquires yeah, I, I social I cam for college. 60 million dollars. Crazy Viddy, which was another one that did the same thing. I don't know what ended up happening with happening to them. They petered out. Hmm. Maybe they got acquired by somebody. Anyway, that was chapter two of this company. Then chapter three, right around that same time, uh, is Twitch. And Twitch for uh, for anyone who's not a, a, a gamer out there, I actually was was looking into a little bit today. Um, kind of where the name comes from, and and because it has a certain feel to it. And you go to the site, and it's purple, and it's got definitely that um, kind of gamer vibe, and it, it attracts a um, you know a pro gamer audience and that sort of sort of archetype. And Twitch gameplay is the uh, is a reference to you know that there are games that are much more strategy based, and there yep. are games that are kind of turn based. Twitch, yeah. So the Twitch Twitch gameplay refers to any game where you have to very quickly move the mouse around the screen. And, you know, if it's a first person shooter or something and you got to get one guy quickly move over, get the other guy quickly move over. And it's kind of like it's a, a touch and finesse and, and, and moving very quickly to to do very physical actions rather than a, a slower kind of strategy game. Yep. And and so Twitch uh, was a dedicated streaming platform for streaming yourself playing video games on your computer, uh, which, you know, I think uh, most of our listeners or some of our listeners, I I can't really guess the percent, but a lot of people today understand how big Twitch is and understand how big increasingly, you know, universes and there's and gaming is itself. I mean, coincided around this time with uh, the development in the gaming industry of thing of, of MOBAs and things like league of legends uh, and, and Dota uh, and um, basically games becoming uh services and products that could live on and develop these huge audience but you know in the past before about this time games would be you know packaged software that you'd buy on a disc and you'd stick in your console or your pc and you'd play it by yourself and you'd have an experience maybe you'd play it for 100 hours and then you'd, you be, you'd the beat game. it and you're done but now uh at this time games started becoming living breathing services world of warcraft was the first example of this but then it's just completely uh come to to revolutionize the whole industry this model and so now you have games that just live on and on as experiences the weekly reset it's incredible to see you know the with with uh or the weekly or monthly hearthstone as the monthly reset journey year one year two i mean it's 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 a whole different model yep and if you, it's so funny thinking about sort of the the old ones. If you'd have told me in two thousand nine that 
you know, a company be acquired for a billion dollars that let people watch other people play video games, I, I'd call it's, you crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 almost as if in 2007, when the iPhone came out, somebody would have told you that. Uh, what did we just say? Was it 11 people working for Instagram when mm-hmm. it was acquired, or something? 11, 12, uh, 13, something yeah, like that. In the teens. That a company with number of employees in the teens that made an app, whatever that was, for this smartphone uh would get acquired by facebook for a billion dollars in 2012 you thought they were crazy yeah and it's interesting how it it reflects a lot on the tenacity of the the justin tv team i mean i think that they touched on something where they probably you know they obviously didn't know what the use case that would hit was of live streaming but they had a a sense around live streaming and it you know at, at, at pioneer square labs one of the things that we do is like we don't really trust our gut until we prototype stuff and until we get feedback and see what sort of catches on. And I think that it really goes to show you, you don't know. And they were seeing on Justin TV a lot of people using it for gaming purposes, which is why they, they kind of decided to um, open Twitch as a, a dedicated. I think they spent some some time where uh, they, there were several months where they were just working on Twitch, not improving Justin TV, reopened yep. Twitch to the public and um, it goes to show you, you don't really know what's going to stick until you start watching usage patterns of how people are, are using your stuff. Totally. So let's uh, let's get into the topic of the show, which is an acquisition. So to, to start that off, I don't think we've actually said the actual facts. August 25th, 2014, acquisition world rumors have been swirling about Twitch for months. People think Google and YouTube are about to buy the company. Makes sense to me. Makes a lot of sense. YouTube, number one you know, video platform online, thinking about getting into streaming and live video becoming more of a thing. And of course, it makes sense that this would be a great channel on YouTube. August 25th, announcement drops. Amazon buying Twitch, $970 million in cash. By the way, who could have foreseen this huge strategic error by the Twitch management team and board uh, not negotiating for stock here. <laughs> so uh, Amazon closing share price on August 25th, 2014, $334.02. $334. Amazon closing share price today, 14 months later, $665.60. It's uh, It would be a win if I actually owned a property here in Seattle. It's a, sh- it's a shame I'm still renting. <laughs> uh you just mentioned something about uh, not negotiating for stock. Do we know that this was an all all cash? It was, it was an all cash, cash deal. deal. It was all cash deal. Uh, so that's what a billion dollars um, in cash looks like. Could have been two billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a uh, that's a technical technical detail. Everybody was still happy in the moment and probably still. However, Twitch has continued post acquisition to just grow like a rocket ship. So when Twitch was acquired, I believe um, they had about 55 million monthly unique viewers. Mm -hmm. That was in August, 2014. They announced in January, 2015 that they passed a hundred million unique monthly viewers. Uh, They haven't announced any stats since then. So that's the latest we have, but that was 10 months ago, which is, you know, thinking about in the context of the last, you know, acquisition we talked about, I guess it's yeah. Last one, Instagram, you know, celebrating now years after the acquisition hitting 400 million monthly active users. Now, these visitors are not necessarily logged in. Um, yep. 
but they're I guess they're probably tracked by IP address or something, so they know exactly you know how to just like any web property, yeah, not count repeat yeah. sessions, but a um, hundred million monthly active visitors is it, it's crazy. I mean, it's got to be like every it, the the demographics are are wider spanning than this, but like every teenage boy in America, not not America. I think this is one of the key things about Twitch too. Yeah. Like it's America, but like that's only a small part of it. It's everywhere. Yeah. Around it's, the whole world. S- South Korea is the kind of the hub of the uh, a lot of gaming these right now, right? Capital of the world. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, professional gaming capital of the world. And um, uh, it, it's a, uh, it's a pretty amazing platform. So one of the other really cool things I think about Twitch, um, unlike a lot of, um, Oh, we should. There's one other stat to throw in there: 1.5 million broadcasters. So yeah. that's actually a little bit above. But it's always interesting to think about, um, you know, the the adage that for every you know hundred in the Reddit terminology, a hundred lurkers you have, you have one um, one poster or one yep. content and, creator, and that that ratio roughly holds here. Roughly, yeah. Um, uh, one of the things that I think is particularly interesting about Twitch as a internet and digital media property. Um, is that it's got a really robust and diverse monetization strategy, um, and has for much of its life. So would you, would you call it a three pronged approach? <laughs> <laughs> you could call it a three pronged approach. And, and it's interesting, you know, it could easily be a four pronged approach if Twitch, we you know eventually they will get their act together. But basically for our viewers who don't know, um, Twitch makes money in three ways today. Uh, they have advertising that they sell on the site yeah, both. For, for anyone who's visited twitch and knows you get about three seconds of gameplay before you have something really abrasive yes your very abrasive. not to mention all the takeover ads and banner ads all over the site um uh and then uh they have twitch turbo which is basically a nine dollar 8.99 a month subscription that you can pay uh, to get rid of that advertising on Twitch. It's true. And you get, you know, there's a variety of other things. You can have, uh, you know, colors of your text and custom emojis and a badge and a lot of the sort of gamified and, and, and virtual goods. But, like, that's a lot of money just to remove ads from one website. Yep. It's a lot of money. <laughs> You're I mean, talking that's, that's $100 more, a year. That's more than Netflix to simply remove ads. From one website on the <laughs> internet. Or um, Spotify, or I mean, I, I guess on a family plan, Spotify, yep. but yeah. Uh, then I think this is just brilliant. The other half of, of Twitch's business model comes from revenue shares with their broadcasters, which are referred to as streamers, um, in the form of subscriptions. They make it really easy with just a button on the site, on the page of, of, a, of a streamer, to quote subscribe to that streamer for five dollars a month and then twitch keeps half of that 250 a month half half <laughs> this blows my mind think about like marketplace businesses where you can take a you know 15 percent take or a 20 percent take or you look at like the real estate business yeah, where you can right. get like or airbnb has a six percent take yeah, like, uh, on each f- side. F- it's like 12 to 14 percent but still okay but 50 percent yeah 50 percent 50 percent so their twitch uh-huh. is getting away with murder basically getting away with murder and and then let's let's just run through some of the stats here so this is this is some some numbers that are publicly available on the internet we'll do some back of the envelope math here 
There are about 100 million Twitch viewers out there. They announced that in January, 100 million unique viewers. Mm -hmm. Roughly, the conversion rate on viewers to subscribers is about 1%. And we know this from a few Twitch streamers have uh, openly talked about and, quote, open-sourced their economics. Um, so, so can we assume there's like a million-ish So you can assume there's about a million-ish subscribers. They're paying $5 a month. Uh, and um, so Subscribers or subscriptions? I'm, I'm assuming subscriptions. Okay. So there probably are fewer than that who actually subscribe, but they might subscribe to multiple channels. If this is sample data based on an individual... This is one individual streamer, the percentage of people that watch his channel to convert so i think it would be actual subscriptions yeah on the site uh it could be higher so if it's one percent of his viewers subscribe it's likely that or it's possible that that viewer also subscribes to a different channel too i don't know what the True. behavior is it's probably not you know well, two it might be one point something but yeah we're keeping the numbers simple here sure. so all right a million subscriptions uh let's assume on twitch at five dollars a month um and at a a 50% revenue share to Twitch that's 30 million dollars a year uh in basically 100% margin uh i mean i guess twitch is paying credit card fees out of that so take uh six double it because they're only taking half of the revenue share so they're paying credit card processing fees on the whole so take six percent out of that but so 95 percent margin not, not margin that'd be their take right because like their margin we're not figuring in you know aws costs or but either. but this is this is just complete they're still monetizing in other ways through advertising and and turbo this is just like so we'll purely incremental marginal Profit yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It costs to them no, no additional. No, literally no additional, <laughs> except for credit card processing fees and putting a little purple button that says subscribe on their site. And I'm sure there's some engineering costs there too, but like yeah. incremental margin. What are you talking about? It's one line of code. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not to mention synergies with AWS. Um, oh. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Um, and then, and then this might be end up being the biggest form of. Um, of monetization for Twitch in the long term is tips. So there is this behavior that's emerged on the Twitch platform um, where uh, streamer Twitch doesn't enable this as all at, at all. Streamers are hacking this together with with third party software, where uh, as they're streaming and speaking to their to their fans and their viewers as they're streaming the games they're playing. Uh, they'll solicit uh, tips just like you know a street performer would uh, they've got a tip jar and they're using third-party plugins to um, to uh, do this and um, and and people are paying them like uh, incredible amounts of money so I mean t streamers have made people have given it's just like the mobile games business you know people they're whales that have given like thousand dollar tips ten thousand dollar tips like at once and right now twitch isn't monetizing any of this but you got to imagine they are planning to bake this natively into the platform and take a cut out of here out of this i'm trying to imagine a scenario where something happens that's awesome enough in some gameplay that i'm watching where i decide it's worth a thousand dollars there are people that spend thousands of dollars on clash of clans ben yeah but yeah but <laughs> this is differential pricing for entertainment. I'd, I'd argue, but I know some. So it's <laughs> I know. Scary. All right. Uh, 
basically, I think the punchline of this discussion here is Twitch has um, very quickly. Remember, this this whole business, even though it was a spin out from Justin TV, was started in 2011. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we say spin out four years old. You you would think in all of this, um, you know, pivoting around and changing companies and spinning out other companies that this this gets extremely expensive and you know. A lot of times, like, you look at, like, a Jawbone or any of these companies that take, like, a Series E and F round and get into the private equity and, you know, that that sort of thing. That They take huge sums of money. Mm-hmm. They only took three rounds of funding, and it was only $42 million. So... I vividly remember... I, I can... Uh, <laughs> they kept it... Uh, rel- I mean, $42 million is a lot of money, but they kept it relatively cheap yep. considering the outcome. I think I can talk about that. I won't use any numbers or, or names, but... Um, when I was in business school, I interned uh, the summer between my first and second years at a one of the top, um, a really, really amazing venture capital firm um, called Maritech. And they're a late stage um, venture capital firm. They, they only do late stage investments. And uh, it was late spring and I, I had already lined up my internship. I was going to spend the summer with them. And uh, uh, um I got a uh, a call from one of the partners there and said, "Hey, I'm looking at this uh, deal uh, for a company that's raising money. Uh, the company's called Twitch. Uh, have you ever heard of it? Do you know anything about it?" And I didn't know anything about it. And I looked and I did a bunch of research. And you know, being a eager, soon to be intern to impress, I thought I'm going to do some research. I'm going to write up some thoughts. You know, help them look at this. Even though I haven't started working yet, I really can't wait to dive in. And I just looked at the space and I thought, you know, there's no way this is like, it's interesting what's happening here, but there's just no way this is going to be big. I mean, this is like a, this is like a derivative of a sector of the economy that itself is like not that big in gaming, right? Like it can't be that big. And the valuation they wanted um, for this round was at the time seemed like a very large valuation. It was much less than the eventual acquisition price. And so I, I wrote a long email. I I remember I was, I was, um, uh, Jenny and I, my wife, Jenny and I were in Sonoma for the weekend for a business school trip. And I spent a bunch of the weekend writing up these thoughts, you know, in this memo, sent it to the partner, basically can't recommend we, we do this. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes to show you, I have so many stories like this. Wait, what? Com- Venture capital is a humbling business. <laughs> <laughs> what company name were you not going to say there? It, I mean- oh, I wasn't going to talk about any of the numbers. Oh anything. yeah. Okay. Um, but suffice to say, <laughs> had Maritech invested in in Twitch in this round that happened, and I forget who did lead the round, but um, it would have been a very nice return. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's interesting. It would have been a, a very nice return, and especially as a late stage investor, where you're trying to get a you know a three x return is a good return, a five x return is a great return. And you're talking um, total fund, like to to um... yeah. But but actually, as a late stage investor, it's it's on individual investments because you're hoping that most of your investments you're going to get a good return on. You're right, taking you're not much less risk. Yeah, yeah. You know, assuming um, it'll fail in one. But what I think is amazing to think about this acquisition, when Twitch was acquired for a billion dollars, even though I hadn't thought much about Twitch since that summer, I thought, wow, I was wrong. Like, guess it did turn out to be a big company. But now look at Twitch a year later. Billion dollars is pretty cheap. Yeah, so this is the fun part of the show. You know, I, I think um, there's one of the reasons we wanted to do this was because I think there's a lot of, um, first of all, easy numbers to look up and, and, um, very it's almost 
it's the same reason that gossip is fun conversation to have. It's because it's it's low hanging fruit. Everyone can very clearly draw the dotted line. Everyone can laugh about it, and everyone everyone can you know um, romanticize and fantasize and wish they were picking that winner. And you see, oh my god, forty two million in funding going to a billion dollar acquisition. Oh my god, I can do the math and know exactly how big that that multiple is. And that conversation happens over and over and over again. And I think the thing that we just don't talk about that much is great. Uh, a billion dollars. So now, you know, let's say Amazon's an individual person. Well, that person's now a billion dollars in debt. How do you grow that investment? How do how do you get your money back and then some? And mm-hmm. what are the kind of market forces and things going on within Amazon right now that actually make that fun to watch? And we haven't. Uh, part of the rationale for wanting to do this episode too is we're here in Seattle and. Amazon um, is one of the most impressive New York Times articles about the company and workplace culture there <laughs> notwithstanding. One of the most impressive and greatest technology companies, not only of our time, but probably ever. I mean, the innovation that is driven within that company is just incredible and that continues to be driven. And the company's are, you know, a hundred billion dollar revenue run rate and still innovating like a tiny startup, which is amazing. And the impact that it's had on Seattle on the ecosystem physically on the city is just incredible. So we really wanted to have an excuse to talk about Amazon. We haven't really talked about Amazon yet. Um, but what's amazing, they, they've, they've left Twitch pretty much alone. Um, yeah, we've seen, we saw something launch a couple of weeks ago, but you know, you would think, um, after something like this gets acquired, like, well, they'll take some of the video technology and make it available very quickly as a higher abstraction layer in AWS, or they'll start bucketing in some part of Twitch with Prime, or they'll, you know, throw the Amazon bar on top, or do they do single sign-in yet? Can you log in with an Amazon? I don't think so. I don't don't think think so either. The, The first thing they launched was not a unification with the rest of Amazon's properties. It, it, it was, twitch creative yeah it was you know they, they did this bob ross super super clever uh, you know marathon of watching bob ross paint to kick off you can watch creative people perform their craft um while they're uh while they're live streaming it like you would watch anybody do their game while they're live streaming it and you know too too soon to really know anything about that but it really interesting how the company did indeed largely leave it alone yep um and uh over time, maybe we'll see them integrate it more into in in some ways into Amazon. You know, I think about when we were talking about Instagram in our last episode and how Instagram also has been largely left alone by Facebook. However, behind the scenes, um, we talked about uh, ad buying and how uh, Facebook's been very open, uh, especially on their earnings calls um, with uh, about how successful selling joint ad buys to 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 add to advertisers between Facebook and Instagram has been and it's interesting you know we talked about some of the direct monetization aspects that Twitch has but um advertising still by all estimates we don't really know but by all estimates uh is probably the biggest revenue stream for Twitch and Amazon uh, a lot of people don't know this but has a very big advertising business yep um and you can imagine um Amazon has a big advertising business, especially to companies trying to sell products on Amazon. Um, a lot of uh, video game companies, both console manufacturers, PC 
gaming accessory manufacturers and and games themselves advertise and sell on Amazon. They also advertise on Twitch. You could imagine that being a synergy in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting business for Amazon because one of the things that they're able to do, you know, by having that that ad network and and um, letting you view products on other sites and that you know that little iframed advertisement that you see for an Amazon.com product or any other thing that they're using to um, on their ad network is they get a good picture of what websites you shop on. So yep. it's or, or even just visit. So if you come to Amazon.com, they can use that in aggregate with your purchase history or if you're not a signed in user to just understand sort of what sites you've been visiting and what sort of things you're going to buy. Yep. You know, if having Twitch as a first party property and integrating some of that ad technology with the you know large advertising business that is Twitch, there, there's yep. there's a lot of potential. And there. and and let's think about where Twitch is going now and might be going in the future with Twitch Creative, potentially other channels. These are all. Uh, let's take creative, for example, painting, um, uh, digital tool, creative tools. Uh, these are all areas that they're very natural advertising opportunities and very natural product selling opportunities. Um, could imagine integrations with Amazon on yeah. that front. Yeah. On Am- integrations with Amazon, there's two, two kind of points I want to bring up. Looking back at, um, old, um, old posts from the, the Justin TV folks in the early days. I think they had started on AWS, moved off for at the time what was what was cost reasons and uh, and customization reasons. I think they just needed a little bit more granular control with their whole streaming video stack. But then, um, at least by so- some point between uh, 2012 and 2014, had pretty much wholly moved back onto AWS. Hmm. So being acquired by the very company that powers your entire technology platform. I mean, yeah. that's. Um, there's there's a is lot this of a harbinger of things to come the Am- amazon you could say amazon might have had a real window you know for me i worked in the venture capital business i you know, spent a lot of time thinking about tech and twitch was like totally under the radar stream for uh, under the radar screen for me um but amazon with aws they kind of have this like dashboard into like <laughs> what's actually hot among tech companies at so, all times like is it what did they see this and say like gosh twitch is twitch is undervalued we should buy it because we have the data i don't know but again back to the you know the point we made earlier about the impact that amazon has had on the entire tech ecosystem but the huge impact here in seattle yeah, yeah. i mean everybody here is you know zero degree connect uh degrees of separation away from amazon in everything in this ecosystem here yeah so the end of Yep, I I can't second that enough. So the uh, the other point that I wanted to make on top of the fact that they're integrating with their technology stack in a very vertical way um, is Prime. You know, Prime looks an awful lot like Turbo. Yeah, I mean, it's a Prime is has has become a mechanism where um, people buy almost three times the number of things on Amazon when they're a prime subscriber and it's an annual subscription fee that you pay up front for later um, returns of, of many different things that you would have accrued over a long period of time. Yep. And, and boy, turbo is a thing that you pay up front at the beginning of the month that pays ahead of time for all the ads you would have seen. Um, you have and what investment is, in the platform. Historically, Amazon has made huge efforts to get young people in the form of students hooked on to prime home oh, with students i think first year free for yep. for students yep and or maybe all um, years in school free 
what's the average age of a of a Twitch viewer or you know it's a uh, you know I I wouldn't call well uh, I wouldn't call either of us old but uh, the average age of a Twitch viewer is definitely younger than both of us. Oh, we're old, David. Yeah, I mean we are old. <laughs> uh, let's face it. Um, and uh, and you imagine someday soon Turbo becomes prime and is part of amazon prime and then you've just hooked Boy, a sure new generation on amazon prime sure is a compelling value prop i could pay my what is it eight eight or nine bucks a month for turbo or i could pay 99 dollars a year for amazon prime and get turbo plus everything else in prime all those videos all that yep. free shipping yep yeah drones dropping things off at your doorstep not to be speculative <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, nothing they haven't announced. All right. So this section is the part where we talk about, um, you know, does it does it fall in the category of people, technology, product, or business line? Or is it another thing completely? Um, and, um, you know, th- this is a pretty good framework to sort of understand. I think we've talked about, you know, the various reasons why they would do this acquisition. But to sort of give a framework for what buckets to drop certain things into, um, and uh, it's a good opportunity for David and I to disagree a little bit too. So, um, David, what do you think? Um, I'm a little torn here. Um, could be a product. However, I'm going to go business line because I think, um, especially thinking back to, I really think you're, you're onto something with this prime. When we talk about the value of the uh acquisition and, and and measuring its success um and again being speculative here but if you imagine the value to prime here which is one of the core parts of amazon um twitch adds a new layer of benefit to prime um you know there was prime instant video before which you could argue is somewhat similar but i think this is a different thing um you know that's like movies versus television and this adds the television to um to Amazon's offerings and to to Prime and what what Prime subscribers get. So I I, I think uh, and and I really do think that this is gonna gonna foreshadow what I'm gonna talk about in the the section I like. Um, I think Twitch over time will be more than games. I think it will be a a platform for uh, watching live um, watching people do things live on the internet almost like Justin TV originally was formed for. I know I said I was going to disagree, but like, I think that's the obvious correct choice. (laughs) I, you know, I'd say as a product, if it's something that was already sort of being integrated, but they're using this as a completely different channel to a completely different audience. um, And, and we're really not seeing kind of like the, 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 it, it, I would call it more of a product acquisition if you could somehow get to Twitch from Amazon, but you just can't. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely different access to a completely new set of customers with a different business line. And um, one that, uh, despite all the sort of integrations and, God, synergy that we've talked about, I think um, it's a self-sustaining business. And we don't know that, you know, for sure. Amazon doesn't or hasn't yet um, broken that out in earnings, but... Superdata released this research report saying that the gaming video content market is worth $3.8 billion. That was uh, earlier this year in 2015. Um, And they're saying that Twitch is going to generate $1.6 billion of that revenue this year. 
I think there's no way that that can be right. <laughs> even but if still, it's, even, 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 even if it's half of that. Like, uh, you know, it's these research reports are always a little bit. It would, thank you for the folks at Superdata for doing this great research for us. But like, it, even if it's a third of that, right? Like, let's say it's like $500 million. Like, that's growing quickly. The yep. deal price was only a billion. We're, if it's not already, uh, uh, you know, a profitable decision to, to purchase this company on its own without combining any of these other things, we're a year out. Yeah, I think it's going to happen real fast. Okay, so my favorite segment that I want to make sure we keep is what does this acquisition, what technology theme does this acquisition illustrate for you? One of the things Ben and I talk about a lot and I, I, it's one of my favorite things to talk about is like these lasting um, themes in technology. Technology is a space that changes super quickly, um, but there are these themes that, that last generation to generation and, you know, like the idea that technology comes in waves or... Um, you know, scalability, all, all sorts of things, how fast things change. Uh, I've got some, Ben, if you, if you have thoughts, go ahead. But I, I've, I've got, well, I'll go first. For me, Twitch really illustrates this, this theme that I just love in technology, which is things, oftentimes things that end up being really, really big and world-changing, when they start out, they look like a toy. And Twitch, there's like, this is like the definition of it looked like a toy in the beginning. When I was... Writing that memo, it looked like a toy to me. Video games, what's that? There's no way. Even if this wins that category, it's not that big. But I totally missed the boat that, like, A, video games were themselves being transformed into something way bigger than they used to be. Um, But B, video games were just the start for Twitch. And this is speculative here. It's still mostly video games. But I think Twitch creative... um, Again, foreshadows a future or, or presages a future uh, where Twitch is about the original Justin TV vision, which was people doing things live on the internet, television on the internet, and live TV on the internet, and um, and and I just I just think this is such a great example of the this was something so many people dismissed as small as toy like in the beginning, but has actually become really huge. Yeah, so what you're sort of, um, to pattern match a little bit here, to hear what you're saying is that, you know, you're looking at something and you're aware of the incumbents and it looks sort of like a toy to you and that can't possibly displace whatever the current thing you're using is because it's merely games or it's just a little thing where people are watching other people play video games. What? sounds a lot like disruption theory. Like it sounds a lot like the, you know, Clayton Christensen sort of. Well, I think the twist here is that I'm not sure even, I I don't know, but you could certainly imagine that even the Twitch founders and management team themselves wouldn't have envisioned this. Uh, Yeah. I don't think, I'm not convinced they ever do. Yeah. Or any more than, I don't know if the Airbnb founders envisioned that uh, one day, you know, they would have more, Airbnb would have more hotel, you know, night stays in a, in a single night than all the other hotel chains in the world like combined i don't if they're not there they will be soon yeah yeah it's interesting so i think like if if we are thinking of in the context of disruption theory and let's say it's like you know google docs sort of um you know scaring the heck out of office what are what's the incumbent like what are they displacing here where it was it was yeah it was a toy and what's what's the thing they're displacing television 
because it's, it's you know what uh i don't have the stat offhand but something like the average twitch user watches like three hours of twitch oh a it's day. insane yeah i've got it's the stat. insane it's um yeah 58 percent of twitch users so that's 58 million people that are tuning in at all during the day yep it's not 58 because it's it's not uh, on a, a daily basis yeah. in seven months. Okay. Still are, a lot of are people. watching for more than three hours. I mean, this is hours. like, like once you pop the yeah. fun, don't stop. And that's t- thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Speaking of television and commercials. Um, and yeah, what does that sound like? That sounds like television where people who watch television watch like on average six hours a day. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, ben, what's your grade? Wait, so are we doing this grade today or grade in the future since I, this I is a speculative episode? Grade, let's grade as if we are historians judging Jeff Bezos. So we're in the future. We are future historians It's tonight. a weighty task. Yeah. As a future historian looking back at Amazon deciding if this was a good decision or not, um, and the, you know the dust is still, set, still settling. Um, you know, we have pluses and minuses, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. A plus this, but I think it's an A. Even on the conservative basis of how this business line does alone, it'll, yep. it'll, its payback period is incredibly short. It's going to be two years or less. Um, well, it's, it's hard to throw an exact number on that. We don't know the numbers, don't know but exactly what the, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to do well. It's not yeah. a long payback period. And the, the ways that they're tying into all the existing parts of the business are, um, you know, not evident yet, but there's a lot of potential Prime there. Customer and, acquisition and Amazon also, is so yeah. good at testing this stuff. It's it's just hard to imagine that they're going to screw that part up. I think that um, you know it, they have had some acquisitions where it, 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 they they did not do that well in the past. But I, I think that um, you know if we see them do kind of this Prime Turbo combination, or we see them leverage any of the the ad technology sharing, or um, you know, or even if if it helps AWS's business grow and and further develop their their video platform for other people. Yep, uh, I think that um, they just bought Elemental Technologies, which is a yeah, very video encoding very platform. Very clearly focused on building out the video platform. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's a solid A. Okay, so here's like I mean, again, we've been very. Uh, I know we're looking for disagreement here. It's hard. It's really hard to disagree with if you. If Twitch stays on the trajectory it's on, no doubt this is like I th- I really think this could be an Instagram style what, acquisition. What would where, have to happen for it not? To okay, be. so here's what I was going to go with, yeah. and by Instagram style, I mean like when we as we talked about on the last show, Facebook buys Instagram for a billion dollars. Two years later, City uh, Citigroup puts out an equity research report on Facebook valuing Instagram at thirty five billion dollars within Facebook. I really think the same thing could happen here. Uh, whether it'll be two years, I don't know, but you know, in a short period of time. Here's how it could go wrong if we're thinking from the future. Amazon um, is incredibly strong at a lot of things. Amazon is also a company and a culture that is very monolithic. And the senior leaders at Amazon, the people who drive the business, make decisions, um, every day, they've, they're the same people. They've been in place for 10 plus years, all of them. Um, Andy Jassy, who runs AWS, he's been at Amazon at least 15 years. Amazon itself is only 20 years old. Um, Jeff Blackburn, Jeff Wilkie, uh, all the, some, all the senior people at, at Amazon, Jeff's, Jeff Bezos, his quote S team. Um, 
Now, Twitch, very smartly, like Instagram, they've kept it totally independent. Uh, Emmett Shear, the CEO of Twitch, is still the, quote, CEO of Twitch. I was reading an interview with him, and he says, I'm not the SVP of the Twitch division, division at Amazon. I'm the CEO of Twitch. But let's Amazon hasn't done this before. We're up here in Seattle. This is not Silicon Valley. Twitch is in Silicon Valley. If at some point they decide to more deeply integrate this, make Twitch the Twitch division of Amazon... I think they could really lose a lot of the mojo here. Well, you mean if it looks like IMDb or maybe sort of a little bit more like Audible or... Yeah, you know, and like those... Uh, the way... If Twitch is going to stay on the growth trajectory it's on, it needs world-class people and world-class talent and people who are motivated. And typically the way you do that in technology companies and in Silicon Valley is with equity and with uh, both literal equity and like metaphorical equity and ownership of the business um can i have metaphorical equity in this podcast <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and um amazon's not a place that gives that to people you know within core amazon it's like you're on the s team or you're not um so i think that's how they could mess it up hmm. so far they're making the right moves but that's my my doom and gloom scenario that didn't come with a letter Oh yeah, um, well, gosh, in that case, it would be uh, I don't know, B minus. I mean, of course, it would still be great, but it would have been not realizing its potential. Um, I don't think they're going to do that though. Yeah, I think, it's I think you have to assign like a, a likelihood per- percentage to that screw up. And yeah, yeah. It. They're doing all the right things so far. Yeah. So we'll say mine's based on the non doom and gloom perspective, uh, which I think we both agree is the more likely path. Um, but the, the the kind of impressive thing there is B minus even if um, they manage to to kind of screw it up on a long term integration because it seems, it's, it's going to return capital. It seems <laughs> obvious that they got a bargain here. Yeah, I think so too. All right, is that we, it? the future will tell. Let us know what you think of this episode. The speculative nature, the more freeform nature. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Who got the truth? Is it you, is it you, is it you who got the truth now? Well, a huge thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Zoom Info. If your company wants to supercharge its ability to find, acquire, and grow customers, while also becoming more efficient, it is a no-brainer to start using ZoomInfo. And now, they're making their automated go-to-market playbook available for free for anyone to try. Head on over to acquired.fm slash ZoomInfo to see this go-to-market playbook. And when you get in touch, just tell them that Ben and David at Acquired sent you. Thanks, ZoomInfo.